Hello, welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. Joining me this week, as always, is Sarah Merritt. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And uh, friend of the show and returning guest, Perry Brown. How are you doing? Hi, Andy. How are you doing? You well? Yeah, good, good, good. Um, yeah, if uh, if you listen to this outside of the UK, it's hot and we're all inside and we're probably all thinking, I wish we had an ice cream or a lolly or something like that right now to cool us down. Or I, mean, I think Sarah's improvised something to keep her cool during the podcast. What is it, Sarah? I do. I have a, a hashtag best fan on the floor behind me. Which I cannot easily show you without moving my laptop, but I'll uh, I'll tweet a photo of it later. Everybody Excellent. needs a hashtag best fan exactly. when it's hot like this. Yes, and if you bought another fan to put it on the other side, you could have hashtag best fans. The best fans, <laughs> indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Um. So uh, I've got I've got kind of two things on the agenda tonight. Uh, one is to talk about the race. Well, three things, actually. Three things. Three things. Oh. three things. The magic number. Three is the magic number. Um, the first one is, obviously, you talk about the race. So we'll and get we into that. Yep, yeah, so that's the, important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second one is to talk about the, let's just say, the less desirable element of fans that we've seen at races, not just this weekend, over the past few years, let's just say. Yeah. Uh, and then the third bit is we've uh, just got signed up uh, a new sponsor deal with K-Swiss. Uh, so we're going to have, by the looks of it, McLaren trainers. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, finally, the dream has been realised. I can kick myself head to toe in McLaren gear. Oh, they don't do McLaren pants yet, Andy. Come on. I do actually have some socks, so that's the only bit that's missing. I've got but, socks too, yeah. You, know, you, you could go commando and, yeah, you know. Well. On that note, should we talk about the race? I, I, I've lost for words, so I think that would be a good idea, yes. Um, so this weekend was uh, one of the sort of sprint races that we're having through the season. Uh, and I don't actually mind it at this track. Because it's quite a short track, quite a short lap. Um, it feels like more like a bit of a PlayStation when we get the sort of sprint races around uh, Austria. And we tend to do well around Austria as well. So I was yeah. quite optimistic coming into the weekend. Um, and then I watched free practice in quali. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I and just I thought, oh, no. What and I think going all wrong? of the TV people were filming all these things with Lando going, so you've done really well here in the past. Tell us about your podium. And I, I did feel that as exciting as those memories must have been for Lando, he must have been sat there thinking, well, we're not going to do that well this weekend because it's not the same car. Um, I don't know what you thought about that, Perry. He looked like he uh, was not squirming in his chair, but was a little bit awkward, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always tough when you when you return somewhere and uh, someone says, "Right, you got a podium last year. You're going to do the same again." And and as you say, like even coming like a, a fifth or a sixth would seem like a disappointment when someone's saying, "Well, you could have picked up a trophy. That's what you did before." Yeah. Um, but he's ever the realist. He's he's often too harsh on himself as 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 well. So the last thing he needs is someone telling him, "You've done better here in the past than you've done this weekend." <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. He's the wrong person to say that to, that's for sure. But anyway, he did remain upbeat over the weekend. So you quite like the sprint, Andy, despite in the fact that a lot of fans have not been convinced by the sprint, form, sprint format. You thought in Austria it worked. Yes, yes. And I think it's more to do with the track. Whereas when we had it in Silverstone last year, I don't think it did it all. I think it was the, the I think in places where there's a shorter track, the sprint works will work better. I'm not convinced it's going to work in Brazil when we go there. I'm not quite sure where the other sprint race is. Is it Monza? Did we do we one at Monza? Had it Imola. 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 I'm not sure it's going to really work in Imola either, given the nature of the track. Do you know, the biggest problem for me with the sprint, this is nothing to do with the on-track action. It totally buggers up my routine of scheduling for a race weekend. Yeah. I have to go on my website and look at the times because it's just not familiar to me when things are going to be happening. And, you know, on Friday when the sprint quality is happening, most people are either at work or coming home from work. Um, we're not allowed to call it the sprint quality, though, are we? But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just just feels like it it throws things up in the air a bit. Um, yeah, and you're right. We didn't have the best practice, and it felt like we were heading towards. Well, it felt like we were a bit doomed, to be honest. I'm normally the really optimistic one, so I'll, I'll take a bit of Andy on board today. Yeah, I thought I thought we were doomed. So therefore, as the weekend carried on, I was pleasantly surprised and more optimistic as things happened. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I, you want to walk through that, Andy. I I kind of felt it was a little bit. We could have had a a McHonda weekend. I was preparing myself for one of those, <laughs> especially where we were after the sort of uh, sort of the, the first practice. Um, however, and then I wasn't really surprised with sort of where we ended up in quali either, to be honest. Um. Yeah. 15th and 16th and I guess there's always the you know the next day the sprint you can pick up some places and stuff like that but yeah you know we're, we're, at 15th and 16th you're, you've got yourself a bit of a big task to move up even in a sprint race really um what about you Perry what did you think of the qualifying yeah exactly what you said like um we had a lot of issues in FP1, so going into qualifying, I sort of thought, okay, this is this is going to be one of those weekends, and it seems to be that in this season, our car is very peaky. We're either fine with the best of the rest behind, say, the top three teams, yep. or we have a weekend like we had in Bahrain, where we are pretty much nowhere um, and we're struggling. Um, we seem to have quite a draggy car as well, and this is obviously quite a fast track, so it was. Again, it was up in the air where we were going to be. So, say 15th or 16th of issues. Okay, right. Is there a chance for, to move forward in, in the weekend format, given you've got a sprint, which gives you effectively an extra third of racing to uh, yeah. in order to turn that qualifying into um, into a good finish? And again, in 2022, your, your qualifying position um, means very little like you, you can move forward, you can make passes. So um, it was just the, we, we seem to build up slowly. Like we, we tend to take FP1, FP2 on a Friday to get our pace. And by Saturday, we kind of get there. So 
qualifying on Friday, it, it means that we're going to be a bit slow. And, and um, But over the weekend, we build up momentum. Yeah. And uh, just, out, just out of interest, the obviously the time of the race was, was it 3.30? Uh, sorry, the time of the quali was, was it 3.30 on a Friday afternoon? Something like that. Four o'clock, I think it might have been. Um, which, like Sarah says, just knocks you out of kilter. Were you able to watch it, Perry, or did you have to try and catch up later? Was it a convenient time for you or not? It was one of the only sessions I watched live. Um, <laughs> we, had, we had friends around this weekend, so I spent Saturday and Sunday out of the house record, recording races and um, having catch my up. phone in airplane mode. And uh, But qualifying, because I finished work, I'm, I'm lucky I finished work at midday on a Friday. So I got home, uh, picked my daughter up from school and then and then said, right, Daddy's time watching qualifying. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I could watch it, but I felt for everyone that, as you say, it's it's an important. Like if you miss a practice session, you can be like, okay, it's it is just practice. There's not that much exciting action, but qualifying is, you know, and the cars are run at their leanest. People want to see that. That's exciting action. That's why yeah. they've moved it to Friday. And for people to miss that because they're at work, it's it kind of sucks really for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think you're right. Um, yeah, well, let's let's move on to the sprint. Um, first of all, we made up some places. We seem to have a bit more pace than we did in the quali and the, the FP session. Um, and, and we moved up to 11th for Lando and 12th for Dan, sort of respectively, which kind of thought, gave me a little bit of hope, thinking we've done all right here. We've done all right. But I still felt, God, we could just go backwards very quickly from here at, around this track. But the bit that kind of um, I don't know the answer to, maybe one of uh, one of you two can answer this to me. is On a normal race weekend, I understand when Parc Ferme starts and when it finishes, right? So after quality, it starts, and then after the race, it's finished. You can't touch the car unless you're changing a part, like for like, because it's damaged and there would be a safety issue. But on a sprint race weekend, we've obviously got the FP3 on the morning. So is the Park Fermi rules different? Is it after the sprint race that the Park Fermi comes in for the race weekend, or is it after the quali? And I couldn't quite figure that out, because obviously there's a bit of time to sort of tweak the car, change a few setup things and things like that. Um, the, the team answered so Park Ferme still takes place after qualifying. Yeah. They still have to go through Saturday morning and FP2 with the car in Park Ferme. The, the setup is therefore locked. And the team answered this on Teamstream. Uh, someone asked that very question saying, well, what does, yep. what does this mean? What can you do? And and uh, they said it's, it's kind of frustrating, but at the same time, it, it opens up opportunities um, that they can run through things that they probably normally wooden in a practice session yeah i'm just looking online the cars enter park ferme after fp1 before being released for fp2 which will take place on the saturday morning here they will be able to use one set of tires of their choice they then return to park ferme ahead of the f1 sprint so the thing as well andy is you see those scrutineers in the garage so even when the team are, are touching the car when they're doing things the scrutineers you see in the garage are overseeing everything that's being touched on the car anyway, aren't they? So 
yeah they can uh, closely monitor that but yeah it's not as locked down is it normally we think of park fermi as the wall comes down that's it yeah um yeah okay yeah no that's interesting i was just curious because obviously it's a slightly different format for the for the weekend so so yeah so just generally on the sprint i thought we did all right i thought yep. it was quite entertaining we took our opportunities and gave us a bit of a fighting chance for the start of the race the next day um so yeah let's go on to the race itself uh i thought we had a decent start i noticed that um Danny Rick jumped Lando pretty much at the start, and it was a bit vice versa here, there, and everywhere. It was nice not to see a car go off on its sort of upside down after the first yeah. lap. It's always, always relieving when you don't see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it was nice to kind of just sort of have a decent enough sort of start and just keep out of trouble as well. Um, and, you know, we kind of made up a few uh, sort of uh, places in the first sort of round of laps and looked a little bit kind of more fighty and I was like well this is good this is interesting um and then obviously as the race went on it was a matter of a few different things sort of were we going to one stop were we going to two stop could we effectively finish above one of the alpines mm. two of the alpines something like that that was our race basically um yeah. although i'm slightly concerned at how the Haas cars seem to be beating us every now and then but they seem yeah. to kind of do all right for three quarters of a race and then just drop off a cliff we were uh we were in a Haas sandwich quite a lot weren't we we were and that and that worried me because as much as i love k mag we know he can be a bit balls out when he's driving yes mick schumacher is is definitely stepping it up a gear in the last few races and also uh, using his big kahunas when he's driving. Um, and I thought, God, is this going to be where where there's an overtake and we all come together and there's, you know, uh, it's, it's game over for everybody, you know, it kills their race. Yeah. So I was very happy that everyone was driving sensibly. Lots of overtakes. You know, I mean, there was one point in the race which Crofty seemed to nearly have a heart attack commentating upon. Uh, <laughs> You know, you had three cars coming together. Then, at, then Lando approached the the pack of people that were doing an overtaking tussle, and he was in there as well. And we had four or five cars together all at once, sort of trying to overtake. I mean, that was brilliant. I'm sure they probably cut away from it to show us someone in the crowd at that moment. But <laughs> yeah, probably somebody I with thought, a flare. Yeah, exactly. And I, I thought that was absolutely brilliant to see. You know, I mean, they even cut away from Carlos's car being on fire to show the Ferrari pit wall. I couldn't believe that. Just as it was rolling back and it was on fire, they switched to Matteo Bonotto on the, on the pit wall. You're like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> so, uh, so you know, I thought I thought there was some great overtaking, and we were in the mix there. You know. It felt like, and I don't know about you guys, but this is the way I feel in most races. I don't mind where we finish. If I feel that we've done our best, we've used our opportunities. We may not win. We may not be on the podium, but it feels better if you feel like there's been action. We've done our best. That we're a bit competitive in some respects. We're not yeah. front row competitive, but we want to be midfield competitive. And like... Yeah. Perry sort of said earlier, we, we've got a spiky car, which some weekends it's going to be 
Um, a bit of a dog. Sorry, McLaren dog. Oh, I, was going with, I was going with the perfecto first. Okay. okay. Sometimes um, it's going to be... Mm. Yeah. And then other times it's going to fly and it's going to be like, oh, it's great. And, yeah. You know, I think it's new regs, isn't it? We're, go- we're going to work out those sort of things as we go along. Uh, just on the overtakes, there was one point where Lando took two cars on the outside. And that was a great overtake. I was really pleased to see that. Yeah. And I don't remember for a few years that we've seen those kind of overtakes. So I think the new regs are working in some respects, respects like that. But then again, some, it's quite a close yeah. track. So some, some circuits we're seeing better racing. And then at other circuits, people are moaning, going, oh, I thought the new regulations were supposed to help. But this weekend, there was a lot of action on track. And, you know, if I'd have been Lando, I'd have got out of the car and felt like I'd enjoyed myself yeah. because there was a lot of action. There was a lot going on. That's what it looked like to me, Perry. Did you did you feel that as well? Absolutely, yeah. We, As you said, we were, we were fighting the Hasses and it seemed like every moment it cut to us, we were either overtaking a Hass or a Hass had just pit and was overtaking us. Um, there was just, as you said, it was just track action everywhere. It was, it was a phenomenal race and as good as Silverstone was i i thought this was just so much better even than yeah. that um and on top of that it was all on the track as well or mostly on the track <laughs> um yeah. you know people weren't just running off corners and then going oh this is entertaining we'll, we'll let it slide we'll let it slide because it's it's really entertaining it was entertaining but stayed within the white lines mostly 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 yeah mostly. I, I'm, well we'll get on to a bit of that um but yeah, track limits came up. Was there was a lot of track limit violations, and I think a lot of the drivers were complaining. It's like millimeters for a lot of them, but technically they were over the line. We've discussed this before, and technically you're over the line. You're over the line, and it might be millimeters, it might be whatever else. But it's the same in tennis. You know, if you watch Wimbledon the weekend, there were calls that were millimeters out, and they don't they don't just go. Oh, you were close enough. <laughs> I think the rules are the rules, and they've got so used to this grey area that it's now harder. But the only thing I would say is a lot of drivers were saying, you know, with the view, the shape of the cars now, the undulating type of circuit it was, and the wheel brows that you see sort of going across the front of the wheels, they're, they're not as well sighted to see whether they've gone just over the white line or not. So I'll, I'll take that. That may be a little bit of bullshit that they've introduced there to cover themselves. But, you know, to me, that sounded reasonable. Um, but, yeah, if that's the case, and as they said in the statement released by the stewarding committee, the drivers asked for the white lines to be enforced. They stated that was where they wanted the limits to be. Well, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, don't you? So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think the biggest argument for it as well, this, this white line is the limit. We don't see them ploughing through the barriers at Monaco and going, oh, no, I, 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 I yeah. drove to the limit of the, of the track. They give the margin to the, to the barriers. And if they get closer, they still don't hit it. So suddenly if there's a white line, it should be no different. They should treat yeah. it like, OK, I'll give, I'll give myself a bit of margin. If I run wide, I'm still within the white line. So yeah. um, I, I don't buy it. I, I absolutely love the stewards for, for saying the white line's the limit and um, and that's where the track edges. I absolutely 100% agree. Um, and, and Brundle always says, doesn't he, that um, the cars wouldn't be there if it wasn't if it didn't gain them an advantage. So yeah. there you go. Um, and, 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 yeah. and I still love it, even though one of our drivers was affected by it. 
yeah. it's it is yeah. what it is. So yeah, you got a five second for it, which um, you know maybe it would have cost us a place, maybe not. But I think in the if it was just Lando who got five second, I would have been a bit more miffed. But basically, they were handing them out to everybody like sweets near the end, weren't they? So you know. <laughs> But that's just it. If you've if you've got in your ear first warning, second warning, you've got a black and white flag. You, you should be giving yourself more margin, knowing that the next thing that's coming is a penalty. Yeah. Um, same same football. If you've got a yellow card, you play differently because you know that the next next warning you get is actually going to see you watching the rest of the game from the changing room. So, yep. Yeah, it's it cost him a position, but as you say, right, almost rightfully so. And you, you don't want to say as a McLaren fan, but. Uh, but yeah, if, if that applied to someone else, we'd be absolutely banging them to rights when we say, no, no, that's that's that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So Lando finished seventh, Dan finished ninth, double points. Now, I think I've always said that my barometer this season of a good race weekend for us is double points. And, you know, I was very happy with that result. I was happy with that result on a f- number of sort of, areas is that Dan looked just as pacey as Lando as well um, yep. and you know we've given him a little bit of stick in the last sort of couple of episodes of you know should he still be there should he still be doing this for McLaren um, and all we you know we don't expect Dan to kind of like be beating Lewis or sort of up there with Max or anything else like that because the car's not good enough. We know the car's not good enough. We just want him to get the most out of that car that he can. And, um, you know, so somebody made a really good point uh, on a, on another podcast I was listening to over the over the race weekend, which was Sorry, stop we, you there. Yeah. There's another podcast. Yes, there are other podcasts out there. Um, <laughs> yes, carry uh, on. But maybe it was not so much that we've been looking at slightly the wrong way, which is, you know, actually, is Lando really that good rather than is Dan yeah. not that good? And I think the closer yeah. they both get to each other and get the most out of that car, then wherever we finish, I'm quite happy with that because I know that they're getting the most that they can get out of it. Granted, double points every weekend is what we really want. Just keep clocking them up. Consistency now to the end of the season is the absolute key for us. I've got to stop you there, Donnelly, because that's not true. You're lying. You've said all you want is double points. That's not true. You have an obsession with another feature of the race, don't you? Yes. What is your obsession, Andy? I, I quite like a good pit stop. Exactly. I think so it's not just about no. double points, is it? It's about pit stops for you, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, you know, we were the fastest on the pit stops this weekend. And that's why you're not moaning about it. We that's were why I've not mentioned anything about it whatsoever. Yes. So you um, have to mention it when they're good as well, you know. You can't okay. just moan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but it, once again, even for the pit stops, it's consistency and... We seem to have taken. We seem to have taken our eye off the ball a little bit, but it seems to be coming back. We we pretty much all our pit stops this weekend were were spot on, um, and it's weird because the times seem to be quite track dependent as well uh, of how well we do. And you think that wouldn't be part of it, um, sort of the equation, but it does seem to be that way. Uh, so 
yeah, you know, but we we're doing well with them. Um, but it's no, just those outliers where they go crazily wrong that I'm just a little bit kind of come what on. Was that you said, Perry? I said, you know what happened, don't you? They listened to the podcast after Silverstone. They thought <coughs> we can't take another tongue lashing off Andy. Uh, yeah, they thought, come on, guys, we got to sort this out. Grumpy git who's moaning about <laughs> us. Yeah, yeah, get behind your team. Stop moaning, and then they did all right. Yeah. <laughs> lesson to be learned there isn't it yeah i'd like to say that i don't feel like i'm mourning i think i'm just bringing up the point that i like to see consistency in the pit stops as we've said on previous uh previous podcasts i'd like to see you lugging that big rear tire out <laughs> yeah there is footage out there i'm sure john lennon's got pictures of me doing pit stops at a pirelli thing years ago that yeah, were very a- slow. Put it this way, if I'd done them, I would expect an absolutely bashing off the podcast for the speed <laughs> that I've done them at. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I don't you, had enough, think- you would have had enough time to get out of the car, put down a blanket, open your flask of tea, and have some scones <laughs> and jam, because you could have had a picnic in the amount of time. And that was only one tyre. <laughs> Julie noted, well, don't, don't give up your day job then, Andy, eh? No, definitely not. Nah. So, yeah. So, yeah. I'm still still in awe of the speed that they do it. But, um, yeah. Consistency is the key. On all counts. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of me for the race. What about you guys? What is, what's your take on it, uh, Sarah? I've got a really big admission to tell you guys. And you're going to think I'm terrible. But I fell asleep halfway through the race and I had to rewind it and watch it again afterwards. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not joking. Either. It was warm. I think, I, was think warm. I was I was relaxed watching it. And at one point, whilst I was laying on the sofa, I can remember him hearing them saying that Carlos's car was on fire. And I thought I was dreaming that. Um so yeah, when I when I woke up and rewound it all, I was like, oh, it really was on fire. But yeah, so um, so I got to kind of watch the race one and a half times, which is why I was so focused on all those overtakes because I I watched them again. Um, but no, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I guess my thoughts over the weekend are slightly darkened by the things we've we're going to talk about that we've read on Twitter. Yeah. Um, because no matter how good the track action was, that that affected what I felt about it. And I feel that a lot of that is because Andy, you and I have traveled to a lot of races. So if I say we've been about a bit, what I mean is we've, we've been to races in different countries. We've, we've seen different groups of fans. We've experienced what it's like to be in large groups of fans, you know, at Monza where we were squashed by Ferrari fans and yeah, that, that Alonso bloke was in the way and, and all these guys just ran through us and, and all of that. But none of the things, I mean, apart from the odd sort of sexist comment about, oh, you're a girl, you can't know anything about Formula One. Nothing we've experienced when we've been at a circuit has been like the things I've been reading this weekend. Yeah. And that, that worries me because it puts me off my future travel it makes me think that a woman traveling on her own to meet people at a race might not feel safe. Um, and also I can't believe that it's 2022 and we're dealing with these sort of things, you know, it feels like a step back in time. Um, so yeah. So whilst I enjoyed the race on track, that for me has kind of weighed over it a bit. So let's, let's talk about that anyway. So Perry, um, I mean, 
kind of we've been having a bit of a discussion on Twitter today about a few things. One of them being sort of you know should we just ban alcohol at tracks? Which let's yeah. be honest is an extreme measure, but could you know in the in the very short term maybe help. Um, and like Sarah says, you know I've been, I've been to quite a few races, and um, I think the only one where I've ever been. And let's be honest, I'm I'm not the demographic that seems to be affected by this so much um uh but you know going to monza i was like oh in the heart of ferrari i'm wearing a mclaren you know there was always a bit of needle between ferrari and mclaren oh they were so nice to you and it was all about the racing it was all about being a fan of the sport and yeah the you know it was despite a photograph to the contrary that's out there of me sitting under a ferrari flag looking quite grumpy um it's part of the atmosphere. It's part of what happens. You go to Monza, you expect to see lots of Ferrari fans. You expect to see the passion. And you can't help being inspired by that and, like, in awe of it as well. So yeah. there's being passionate about your driver, about supporting a team and that. But then there's stepping over that line and being an utter dick about it. And unfortunately, that's what we've seen a lot of and a lot of reports of this weekend. And yeah. for me, completely unacceptable. My worry is FIA, F1, are going to do what all about it again. Well, it wouldn't be down to the FIA anyway, because they're the regulatory body for what happens on track. So I wouldn't blame them. But yeah, I mean, F1, they put out a statement, which is a bit like waving a, a limp lettuce leaf in the wind. It's not doing anything. Um, Red Bull released, released a statement after the race, which I thought was pretty pathetic as it's the Red Bull ring and it's got their name all over it. You know, I mean, there's been a few races I've been to where there have been large groups of Dutch Verstappen fans, um, some of whom I've spoken to, some of whom have been all right. But there was also a time in Monaco when I nearly got bowled over backwards by a load of them because they were all drunk and chanting and, and a little bit too exuberant and uh, unaware of their surroundings i think that would be the right way to put it so although no one's ever you know i mean i read some awful reports of of girls having their skirts lifted up um things that were said and i know there's a video going around on on twitter of someone burning a mercedes cap you know which some people are taking like they're burning the blooming flag or something i mean the, my thought on that was number one you've burnt a very expensive cap there <laughs> do you know how much those things cost number two oh god if i was at a race and someone dropped a burning item on me or even one of those bloody orange flares they let off yeah, i've got asthma i couldn't be anywhere near that so all of the antisocial behavior and the more extreme things we've been reading about that people have personally experienced that would put me off going to austria now i, I wouldn't go there oh van sandvot I, I wouldn't go to the Dutch Grand Prix either, yeah. no, because I just no. don't want that. I just don't want that hassle. Yeah. I'm too old for all that crap now, you know. I don't want to be in a tussle. I want to go and enjoy my sport, look at the cars. I'm there because I'm technical, you know. I, I like seeing the cars, what's going on. Yeah. What about you, Perry? How, how did you feel about some of the things you've read and, and you know, what are your own feelings? Yeah, uh, it's really disappointing, isn't it? It's, it's horrendously disappointing, as you say. Formula One then, and, and everyone releasing these statements and saying, we're going to do something about it. Do it. Do it. I, I mean, unfortunately, as you say, I think that will be the last we hear of it. And we'll return to the Red Bull ring next year. 
and it will be the same orange smoke everywhere. I, I mean, I'm with you. These flat uh, was it Gerald on the uh, on the podcast after Zanvor last year saying that these these players were going off all through the ra- race and seeing yeah. like point of view videos. Um, you can't see any of the action. I'd, I'd be for I'd be as pissed off watching through. Uh, orange flares as I would be if a, if a Ferrari uh, emblem was was draped over the top of me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But to hear some of the stories as well is just, it's, it's sickening, is, is the yeah. word. It's, it's utterly sickening. And um, the latest um, EE advert, uh, is it Hope United, their campaign, that advert's really stuck with me lately, actually. Mm. It's, it's a really good ad campaign. It makes the point that you know women have to deal with, with so much, but it shouldn't be men. You know, it's it's up to us. It starts with us um, to really yep. stop this. And 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 I put something out saying, look, let's challenge it. Like if you if you are, are on, it, it might it's, a, it's an online campaign, but if you're at the track and you see this behaviour happening, you you can stand up as well. You can say, look, that that isn't right. Go and sober up. Go over there and just cool off. You you, you know you're. You, you, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, but if if it's just a, a group mentality, as you say, and everyone's doing the same thing, are you really going to challenge 30, 40 drunk people? It's it's yeah. tough, but it, it starts with men. It starts with us, you know, to, I, I say us, me and Andy and, 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 uh, and, and other men out there to really call it out, stop it and challenge it. Yeah. You know, we talk about herd immunity, talking about COVID. I felt that, this group of people had obviously got some kind of herd immunity by virtue of the fact that there were so many of them, you know, if you were a security guard there for you to stand up and challenge someone would you'd have probably risked getting, you know, trouble yourself. And that's the problem, isn't it? Is in order to change that. What's going to stop like football style hooliganism in the grandstand, you know, fights between rival groups of fans, you know, it maybe takes, another driver to join the thing that's got such a fervent fan base that brings the tribalism with it and the nationalism that seems to go yeah. with it to, um, you know, kind of make this a pro- an even worse problem. It needs to be addressed now before there's anything further down the line. I, you know, let's be honest. I don't want to see, I want to see people enjoying themselves and having a great time. And the vast majority of Max fans 99.9% seem to do that and have a great time and it's great to see them having a bit of a party but just don't step over that line don't, maybe don't be... there needs to be a, a meeting point or a post or somewhere at the circuit where you know I say girls it could happen to blokes as well they could be targeted in any way but where you can go and get help that you know you can go and get help you're not on your own yeah. because you're a long way from home if you've travelled to a circuit like that you know I know we're running out of time, Andy, so I guess we should uh, wrap this one up. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, well, that's it, unfortunately, was all the time we've got. Uh, another fun-packed, full podcast. Um, we'll be back soon with the next one. And uh, thanks, Perry, for joining us today. So thanks, Appreciate Perry. it. Thank and you very much. It was a pleasure. Great, great stuff. And uh, as always, um, uh, we'll, we'll be back soon. <laughs>